Hello there, Team NXT. Thank you for listening. CD, Danny Mac here, the voice that is your choice, and the man with a PhD in NXT discussion. Welcome to episode 114 of the UFP show, all about the NXT show, the Undisputed Future podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Cannot thank you enough for joining me on this road towards TakeOver 30 and SummerSlam weekends. A packed, packed Saturday of wrestling. NXT TakeOver 30, AEW Dynamite. The next day, WWE SummerSlam, Thunderdome. What the heck is going to happen this weekend? I'll tell you what's going to happen as this time rolls by. And you listen, I'm going to be discussing the August 19th edition of NXT TV, as well as getting to NXT Take over 30 predictions, and just a couple other small, worthy discussions, possibly, along the way. A disclaimer to start off this episode, I will no longer be referring to the Velveteen Dream as the Velveteen Dream. I don't like this scenario, I don't like what's been going on, so I'm going to treat it like a disease. The man will be referred to as VD from now on. The only Velveteen you will hear me reference on this show is is Colin the Velveteen Dog. So, just a heads up, VD from now on. Uh, VD just running rampants all over the NXT roster. Just bad news spreading like a plague, and there's just no treatment for it. Just, just really, really unfortunate stuff here. Well, anyway, last stop before TakeOver 30. Lots to discuss. Going to kick things off with a press call Triple H did have, and I'm going to give credit where it's due. I reached out for it and didn't get permission, but better to ask for forgiveness, and I'm a nobody anyway. So, Triple H's last stop before NXT TakeOver 30 press call. I read a few things, but I just want to discuss one thing that really stood out to me. With NXT TakeOver 30 sharing the exact date and anniversary as NXT TakeOver Brooklyn won the first NXT TakeOver outside of Full Sail, something I was very fortunate enough to be part of. By the way, if you happen to rewatch that any point soon, you all know the first sign to be featured on an NXT TakeOver outside of Full Sail with that Liger live TakeOver sign brought to you by yours truly during his match with Tiger Breeze. Yes, Tiger Breeze did face Jushin Thunder Liger at one point, and look how mighty the mightiest of NXT main event heels have, uh, has fallen. Where was I? I could dive into how misused Tiger Breeze was for days and days and hours and hours at a time. Ah, yes, a Triple H quote, besides, we didn't find anything and there's nothing worth discussing and I'd rather talk about something else. I have no doubt that he would rather talk about something else, uh, if... Takeover was a thing five years from now, then I would consider it a success. Without a doubt, 100% success, verified, put a stamp on it, the best wrestling events, pay-per-views, live events, whatever you want to phrase it, whatever you want to call it, a takeover is a takeover. It's its own unique experience whenever we get to watch it. And this one is this one's going to be no different. I sit here with my NXT TakeOver 25 shirt, in tow and going through predictions, I'm also gonna kind of do a side by side comparison of how the cards shape up, just adding a small bit of uh, small bit of uniqueness and outside discussion points to the predictions part. Let's jump into the August 19th NXT TV discussions because it's better to just get some bad news and bad beginnings out of the way. 
One small complaint about this is it was an NXT TakeOver go-home show. There was no AEW Dynamite on the other channel. Why wasn't I, I blown away by what went down here through these two hours on August 19th? I don't know. The video packages and the rivalry builds did do their part. Matches I, were, I wasn't exactly excited for, I am now excited for and very much intrigued by the possibilities of. But I'm also going into this worried, did some matches have enough time to build and are certain superstars' health in a priority position right now? Is we going to see a last-minute replacement even further in this attempting to replicate history five-way ladder match for the North American Championship, which is now vacant because Keith Lee vacated it. And Keith Lee's chances of holding on to the NXT Championship are hopefully very, very high. And I don't want to see any bad news happen to both of his belts in, in such a short period of time. Do not rush Keith Lee to the main roster, but I could drive that home a little bit later on in the show. Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano looking to do things the Johnny Gargano way, which in my interpretation right now means acting like a Disney villain by any means necessary to win a matchup. Taking on NXT UK Imports, Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland, the former rugby star, taking part in the series of triple threat matches to qualify for the North American Championship ladder match. And Ridge Holland was a welcome addition to NXT in in that first triple threat appearance. And the video package that he got aired for NXT UK kind of blended in with what he planned on doing over here. I was very much... On the Ridge Holland hype train, I loved what he did during the triple threat matches. I was very impressed that he was able to, yeah, just hold his own and look look well past passable in that triple threat match. But his match with Johnny Gargano did not leave me feeling with this the same sense of positivity about the the man from England. Gargano starting things off with, and hindsight is twenty twenty, but this foresight kind of hits the nail on the head. No, no intentional, no intentional pun made there, but a deal is a deal when when you do what you do. Um, Gargano welcoming Ridge Holland to the big leagues. You don't deserve to share a ring with me. And based on performance and handling of opponents and working and cooperating with one another, which I like to discuss kayfabe and story as much as I possibly can on this show. I feel like the side show and the politics and the backstage nonsense, I kind of try and keep on the down low. But Ridge Holland, man, you don't... You, you keep that rotation going on the fucking power slam. You don't almost paralyze one of the heart and... The rebel heart and the no... The all heart and no soul of NXT. Whatever I'm trying to say... It, about Johnny Gargano's stage in his career up until this this moment. Yeah, Gargano had a size disadvantage, as if the uh, as if the bad news wasn't enough for the second time in this tournament. Let's not forget Johnny Gargano, Roderick Strong, and Bronson Reed triple threat matches. Probably my favorite of the series. Gargano was also at a size disadvantage there, so Gargano getting his fair share of larger opponents. Luckily, Bronson Reed and the Tsunami Splash didn't completely drown Johnny Gargano like a power slam almost paralyzed 
the Rebel Hearts of NXT. I'm, I'm very, very upset with Mr. Holland at this point. Going back to the story of the match here, it would be the ring IQ and this Johnny Gargano way by any means necessary, do whatever it takes. No shortcut is too short. There's no there's no taking the long road. There's direct point A to point B when it comes to Johnny Gargano sealing up victories. And unfortunately, these roads take an unfortunate pit stop when somebody doesn't completely rotate on a power slam. You're noticing the theme of the discussion for this matchup. I I wish I could apologize, but I'm a major Johnny Gargano fan. Letters are set up awfully close to the ring, and here I thought that would be the biggest hazard of this matchup. The, the letters. The two really, really just not enough walkway for the walkway, and then... The dives to the outside, you just think something's going to go wrong on a Tope Suicida here. That's where the concern was. Awfully close, real big hazardous concern when Johnny pulled the Tope Suicida. I wish that was the biggest worry I had for Mr. Gargano through the course of this matchup. But no, Johnny Gargano nearly paralyzed by a power slam. Up until this point, Holland's work had been so good. He's in there with somebody on this roster that can have a great match with a broomstick. And I love that quote. I'm wishing I could remember exactly the wrestling legend, icon, Hall of Famer origin that I got it from. Tweet at me at podcast underscore UF if you remember before I do. But he's just... Johnny Gargano has done so many long-winded matches and told such great stories in these crazy environments. And he gets hurt because of a careless power slam in his NXT tenure? There was no concussion or spinal injury or shoulder problems after his unbelievable match with Andrade at TakeOver Philadelphia, another event I was fortunate enough to be in the building for and use that chair to record this very podcast. But no, this this would be it. After a very, very concerned freakout by Moro, as well as those of us sitting at home, Gargano would jump right back into a heel and super kick the piss out of Ridge Holland's chin. And he finished the damn matchup. That's where the respect for Gargano kicks in all over again. We can sit here and complain until the cows come home right now about his heel run about what this Disney villain perceived warped camera shenanigans are supposed to be. But Johnny Gargano finished the damn matchup, still got a good one after a scare like that. And credit to Candice too, staying in character while obviously concerns about her husband's well-being. The improbability, but Johnny Gargano way would seal it for him. Winning via a low blow and a final beat, just wrapping things up. Johnny Gargano moving on to NXT TakeOver 30. It's very improbable if he's healthy enough for this matchup. And it's terrifying. Seeing him take a spike like that on his neck and spinal cord and then jumping into a ladder match, I'm, I'm not sure what the recording schedule is right now. No wrestling is live, obviously. I know the NXT four week at a time before takeover schedule 
like the back of my damn hand because I would avoid spoilers like the plague. Although, based on America's reaction to COVID, I'm not sure if we can use that phrase anymore. Let me get back to you on that. It's It was scary, and just knowing that he's going into this... I was worried about the ladders at ringside. Now the guy's got to climb them and fall and take all these risks to secure the North American Championship for the second time, which I damn sure believed he would. Shaping up this matchup, this was my most-see, most-must-see matchup on this card because of how... I predicted the ending and how everybody else on my freaking timeline was predicting the ending. Shout out to everybody on Team XT, Team NXT on that one. That Finn Bauer, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest. You know, we would we would round out a very very nice uh very nice five-way for this matchup. Reed, Priest, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano and Finn Bauer. That's a must-see matchup. That's a controversy-free matchup as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about anybody's past. Maybe maybe Damian Priest's health record based on his promiscuity with women might be in, into question, but nothing outside of kayfabe. And that was my must-see matchup. And a healthy Johnny Gargano was to be expected as well as Finn Bauer to participate. So I apologize if it's in any way my fault and karma kicking in for how this North American Championship ladder match is shaping up. Attempting to remake history with one less person, but with still a lot of talent in there. I'm going to get to the predictions. I'm going to stare at this card a little longer because I'm not even sure what to think at this point in time. I would like to give credit where it's due one more time before I jump subjects. Johnny Gargano finished the damn match. And somebody else who has unfinished business is Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai with her eyes set on the NXT Women's Championship, taking on Io Shirai one-on-one. And isn't it ironic, don't you think? It's like rain on your wedding day that Dakota Kai would preach after a successful victory over Jesse Kamea. Jesse Kamea looked great, by the way. I mean, Dakota Kai building momentum on the way to NXT TakeOver 30. Obviously made the most sense here, but Kamea looking decent, great open window of opportunity against a number one contender for the women's championship. I think that's big in such a rookie career here on NXT TV. It would come down to knees, agility, and spine buster in Kamea's comeback. Very impressed with with the arsenal that she was able to display, but the captain of Team Kick. Yeah, burn your medical metaphorical jerseys if you must. I already have. The go-to kick, the GTK for the one-two-three. I love the pat. I love the post-match promo. Thought it was great, and uh, Dakota Kai would, <laughs> Dakota Kai would preach one thing and quickly prove herself wrong with the return, the absolute unexpected return because Mercedes Martinez and the Robert Stone brand were in her corner one moment and gone the next. We had one Latina powerhouse in Mercedes Martinez backing Dakota Kai. Two, the returning Raquel Gonzalez. Big mommy cool coming back just in time, making a statement over Io Shirai. The NXT Women's Championship is in jeopardy. Dakota Kai quickly proving herself wrong. How much of a factor will Raquel Gonzalez be in this Women's Championship? 
How much of a Shawn Michaels run through the NXT Women's Champion through the NXT Women's Division do we want here? We can obviously see the parallels and draw the lines. This can be Shawn's booking. This can be very much ideally Shawn's booking. This can be him booking a women's division the way with him at the top and him and Diesel in the form of two very talented women instead of action figures or you know fantasy booking or something like that. You have two very real deal competitors in Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And I would buy it. I would hate to see Io Shirai's title reign come to a close so quickly. But I would understand it because Dakota Kai's heel run is on fire right now. She's got the look, the change in personality, the I'm going to be a lot smarter about who my friends are and who I associate myself with in a what can you do for me mentality. I think it's great. I think Dakota Kai's got a real chance and I'm thinking out my takeover predictions as I talk to you about them. So Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai, one to watch. I do expect some incredible high in-ring IQ and a very, very well thought out match between two talented women. Finn Bauer cutting a quick promo. Finn Bauer is sick of Velveteen Dream and getting chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. And boy, could that mean multiple things on TV in the NXT Championship scene in the back in a record. What police report was filled out? We, we have so many unanswered questions. What investigation was done? One fact, Finn over. I really wish that were true by the end of this one. Uh, with that being said, did not and was not able to Give as much attention. I, I, man, I was going into this takeover card predicting and expecting so many things that this this winding road towards takeover jacked up my notes as well. Six man tag team matchup action: Isaiah Swerve Scott teaming with Brizango, Tyler Breeze, and Fandango to take on Legado Del Fantasma, Joaquin Wild, Raul Mendoza, and our cruiserweight champion Santos Escobar. Love them. Love all three of these guys. Love all six of these guys, if we're being honest. But I expected Swerve Scott to pin Santos Escobar and set us up with an incredible Cruiserweight Championship match for TakeOver at minimum NXT TakeOver 30 pre-show. So I was all all eyes on this matchup. How are they going to do it? What role are Tyler Breeze and Fandango going to play? What's this tag team action going to be like? What's Santos and Swerve going to look like sharing one-on-one time while all four of the men are knocked to the outside? There was a lot of anticipation here. How was Swerve going to get the pinfall? And man, when I asked myself how was Swerve going to pick up the win here, I saw that setup for Swerve's finisher. That driver that he's doing that I'm drawing a blank on that I feel like it's a three-letter acronym and I think it starts with P. And I'm not going to take any guesses here. I'm going to ask you to follow me on Twitter at podcast underscore UF and yell at me if you got to. Because I'm not sure of this finisher and I'm not going to sit here wasting recording time looking it up. Because it's not going to matter anyway. It was a top rope grip by Escobar. And the momentum of Swerve throwing his legs and pulling his opponent in towards him and sending all of that crashing downward. 
I'm trying to paint you an audio picture here, folks. It's hard enough to do a solo podcast as it is. You can't imagine trying to paint word pictures as eloquently as I have been for 114 episodes. But no. After all of this, a beautiful setup. Meanwhile, earlier in the match, Swerve would be sent into his own corner in a very... In a wide-scale, reckless abandon, arms akimbo and flailing towards his corner. The referee would consider this a tag because of those flailing arms making contact with one Tyler Breeze. No, I'm not going to sit here and complain about Tyler Breeze's involvement in a matchup. I'm going to sit here and complain about the credibility of tag team wrestling and what the hell that looked like. That looked like garbage. That looked unbelievable. And yes, we do have to suspend our sense of realism and believability when we're watching pro wrestling. But we at least like to think when there's made-up rules intact and in force that maybe, once in a while, on a tag team match, these invisible rules would make sense. And they don't need their own contract signing. Shout out to one half of the match. That is reason why this podcast exists. Now known as FTR. Gotta give credit where it's due. Tag Team Wrestling at its finest. Revival versus DIY. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. If you've been listening to the show, you know that's why this show exists. Is because I watched that matchup live in person. And just knew I had to discuss it with somebody. And there was no NXT exclusive podcast. So here I am. Breeze looked great, coming back into main main focus. Breeze cleared house for a while, but that was up until Santos would strike with the Phantom Driver, Legado del Fantasma with another victory, and another reason that the Cruiserweight Championship is just outside the reach of Isaiah Swerve Scott, and I think it's been pretty good storytelling up until this point. It's been Fatal 4-Ways, Triple Threat Matches, it's been Tag Team Matches, it's been all of these outside factors and not one-on-one scenarios. Swerve is getting screwed out of title matches through kind of indirect factors beyond his control, I guess, if, if we're splitting hairs and trying to put a label on it. This episode of the show, unofficially brought to you by Dr. Pepper, made with real sugar in a glass bottle. It's the way to go if you're still drinking soda. Um, Legato del Fantasma storming through the Cruiserweight division. I do think it's important. I do think that when the title is taken off of Santos Escobar, it should be Kushida personally. But we need to see that matchup one-on-one for Isaiah Swerve Scott. It's going to shine such a bright spotlight on a guy who probably should be bigger than the Cruiserweight division if you look at his past resume. I think he has enough potential. I think he's put on some solid matches. I've watched him defend that Evolve Championship. I think that I think that Swerve has potential outside of being a Cruiserweight champion, but I still want to see him compete for it. I want to see that matchup. I think one-on-one potential, Escobar versus Swerve Scott, that's a must-see cruiserweight matchup. That's going to be one thing that I think will add to what Legado Del Fantasma's run with the title has done. And yeah, I'm saying all three of it because 
the point of this title reign is take luchadors seriously, and all three men are involved in that. So I consider it three men, one title, no free bird reign, but the point still remains. Uh, Santos is the leader of the Phantasma Cartel. So Swerve's title chase being sidelined by tag matches and triple threats and all these outside factors, I personally think it's been a very interesting story. Something else that has been a very interesting story on NXT TV and something that a lot of us fans didn't think to expect would be Pat McAfee. Yes, that Pat McAfee, NFL superstar, punter for the Indianapolis Colts, versus Adam Cole, baby. Colts, Cole, there's... There's something more clever in there. Maybe I'll come up with something post-takeover review show. Um, Cole and McAfee face-to-face and coming into a segment with expectations near my kneecaps and have them come all the way up to my receding hairline, I think that's that sold me. Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, great promo by Pat McAfee. The man talks for a living for a reason. The inflection was there. The old school wrestling was there. The I've made this amount of money already. I don't need this profession. But I can easily make it pro- one of my major professions. Like that. I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. It was old school. It was in your face. It was an outsider. Quote unquote. Promo. Even though he- McAfee's been involved with NXT TakeOvers as a commentator and analyst in the past. Still an outsider as far as inside the ring. I wish I wrote down all of the teammates that accompany Pat McAfee, but I was very surprised to see Darius Butler, a uh, a name I did, did recognize, did not expect to see anybody accompany McAfee, but very fond of the posse that he did bring to show up, to take on, and even the numbers against the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole being a babyface and this storyline giving us a reason to cheer Undisputed Era. It's been a lot for me to wrap my head around personally, but at the same time, I've always been in this area. I've always been in this I want to root for Undisputed Era. I want to cheer for them all the way through. But I want to give the heel stable credibility and the heat that it is due because of how great of a heel Adam Cole is. The tag team expertise of a heel team like Bobby 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 Lashley. Bobby Fish. How much fish can Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? Get the tongue twister out. Get the, get the vocal cords loose again. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly as a heel team. Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong is your everyman babyface in NXT and having this range of playing the heel that he has in the Undisputed Era. A lot of credit there. So you cheer during the entrance and boo during the matchup. That's how I've kind of been treating the fandom just to give it a little bit of relatability and credibility and, you know, play it by the book. I showed up to NXT TakeOver 25. I'm staring at my shirt. Perfect example. Johnny Gargano t-shirt on. Wearing an Undisputed Era hat. If that doesn't show 
what kind of conflicted fan I am during an NXT championship match sometimes. I don't know what else to say. Um, so I've been, re- I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting for the babyface reaction for Adam Cole, not just Adam Cole, Bebe, which is one of the loudest pops you go up and down the wrestling timeline right now. And it's one of the loudest, most participated in pops. So you want to cheer for that guy. And you want to see that guy lay out all of NXT security. And you want that guy to stand up to somebody who has about a foot on him in height. And I'm going to make you my bitch. And you're entering my world now. That's the kind of confidence you want to see out of the longest reigning NXT champion of all time with over 400 days until 404 error file not found defeated by Keith Lee. Adam Cole versus McAfee. That smirk at the end by Cole was the smirk on my face by the end of this segment. I have faith in it. You put this segment together with the footage of McAfee training and you got yourself a decent amount of hype. Do we want to see celebrity matches? Not on a regular basis. Do we want to see him if the guy's put in the effort? If he's an impressive enough athlete? Yeah, I'm willing to give this a shot. Absolutely, after a segment like this. So it changed my opinion. It hired my... It drove my standards higher. I really hope it did the same for those of you listening. Jumping back into women's competition. Something that I've been trying to speak into one-on-one existence for NXT TakeOver 30. A match I'm going to probably include in my predictions show just one last effort to speak it into existence. Mercedes Martinez versus Rhea Ripley. One-on-one. Give us more than one women's match at this TakeOver. Especially this one. But we'd get a tag team match first. We would get Aaliyah teaming with Mercedes Martinez to take on Shotzi Blackheart and Rhea Ripley. Great tag team action. Great tag team action here for the women's division. Rhea Ripley looks like a freaking star. In case you've been asleep for eight months, Rhea Ripley is a star. Right, Colin? Right, buddy? Yeah. Right? Rhea Ripley's a star? He's looking at it. He, he knows it too. He knows it too. He knows that the Robert Stone brand is uh, is maybe in need for a few more investors before anybody really gets behind it. But Aaliyah with the over hyper side and Mercedes Martinez being the straight woman badass Mortal Kombat presence. I think that uh, I, I like that character dynamic. I love this, the idea that a masked murderer in the women's division has their own representation. And uh, the Stone brand would not walk away with a W, but they would still learn the hard But I got to tell you, Mercedes Martinez still looked great during this matchup. And Mercedes versus Rhea, please speak it into existence. That's really, that it's, it's the first thing I wrote down in my notes. Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez one-on-one for TakeOver. Getting into more serious spots in this matchup. How about that powerbomb by Rhea Ripley? Powerbomb, Mercedes Martinez, over the barricade to the concrete floor. That spot was so intense that we would see up and down 
I have a thirsty dog in the background. I apologize for any for any sounds interference. I know. He usually drinks water when uh, he's getting impatient and wants me to take him outside. He's kind of throwing me a sign of filling up the tank, I guess. You done, buddy? I'll be out in a minute. Studio time. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, Mercedes Martinez powerbombed over the barricade by Rhea Ripley. Holy smokes. Don't know if the crash pad was there. I'm hoping so. I'm assuming so based on television magic. And the Vince McMahon-like touches that have been on NXT. Don't think I haven't noticed. I'm still going to sit here and talk about it. Because it's still the best brand going in pro wrestling in my opinion. But I noticed the the touches. And the bad news ever since, uh, since the move to USA Network. Anyway. Big-ass powerbomb. Over the barricade. To the floor. That might be setting up why this matchup didn't take place at TakeOver. And the shots he sent on to Aaliyah taking place in the ring for the W. Shotzi Blackheart, her helmet, her tank, and her tag team partner Rhea Ripley would walk out of this one with a W. Now, if this matchup is not a takeover matchup, I would not mind seeing at all Rhea Ripley main eventing NXT TV. A couple weeks past TakeOver. I don't want to see it this upcoming week. I would like to see it's this injury sold a little bit. I want to see Mercedes Martinez attack Rhea Ripley. Either Saturday or next week. And then build from there. If we have to make her presence known again. Either sell the injury. Or don't sell the injury right away. But do it in a backstage assault. Don't make the match too soon. Let's get a couple things out of the way. And then let's get the focus on this matchup. To be a main event. On NXT TV, the nightmare, Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez. That's what I like to see. Uh, Not much else to talk about moving forward because I'm not going to give VD the time of day. And I already called it last week. We got an incredible highlight package for the NXT Championship match between Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. Highlight package for the title was great. The video footage they used was great. I'm a fan of old Metallica. The Master of Puppets era Metallica. The Ride the Lightning era of Metallica. I can tolerate that. I've even I've even listened to a couple jams on the Saint Anger album. And didn't hate it. Like the title track itself. But I did not like the song choice. As clever as I thought it was with the tick, 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 Could have done with maybe a better song. Give me more poppy. Give me more poppy on NXT TV. Give me more poppy for takeover songs. Yeah, I might have lost a couple listeners on that. But give me more poppy when we're featuring we're featuring big time, big time video packages on NXT television. So Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross getting an absolute fire video package. I'm sure we'll see that prior to their match this coming Saturday as well. VD versus The Prince. Finn Balor. Main event time. You took a shot at The Prince. You better not miss. And boy. Boy was there a miss somewhere. In the communication. And how this matchup should have ended. I'm going to address the first note I made of this matchup. 
VD better not win this. Period. Period. End of story. I'll give credit where it's due. Trying to separate the artist from the work. And guys, it's it's so it's so damn hard to do it in this case. I'm I'm a longtime martial arts instructor. I've taught children for a long time. The trust is very important and you don't use it to be one of the worst worst manipulators and parts and segments of society if you even want to use that word society in connection with these people trying to separate the artist from the work is going to be very difficult here Patrick Clark the person based on evidence that I've seen Piece of shit. Velveteen Dream. I try and give credit where it's due. One of my favorite rivalries in NXT history with Aleister Black. Great matches consistently. A montage of NWO characters to face the Bauer Club. Incredibly clever. But there's still just something wrong with all of this. It's out of sequence. It's out of order. You don't bring this guy back on as a surprise. You make a statement on something like this. There's room for criticism across the board, but at least certain cases have had legal involvement and have had actual official statements by a lawyer as controversially printed as they might be and you all know what I'm referencing by now and then we've had their own notes apologies and admissions of guilt and releases from companies even in some instances which a lot of people on Twitter are calling for don't know how I feel going to that length quite yet but the evidence for a case is there The job being in jeopardy should be there. The immediate firing, let's let's not go with court of public opinion. But let's make a statement, Triple H. Let's assure fans, fans who have children, that something is being looked into. So the, the heat is there with with good reasons in between the ropes and the worst of all reasons outside of the ropes. VD really steered into this heel skid, really laid on the annoying stuff. The wolf pack in the house did make me chuckle because I watched NXT last night in my wolf pack t-shirt, which I was fortunate enough to buy again for the second time. To own again, rather, for the second time in my life. I was not, uh, I was not purchasing my own t-shirts at the age of eight Years old. Um, I don't know. Next snap to the outside. Balor would be on fire. Velveteen Dream would earn momentum. Lots of really good back and forth in this matchup. I'm, I'm trying not to give too much too much credit. I don't want to steer this discussion anyway towards a person I don't like. But Finn Balor. Finn. Finn. Finn is on NXT. 
Finn before Cole, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. If we want to draw parallels and we want a serious consideration of what can bring ratings back to NXT, and we're going to have these discussions about the magic numbers, let's have the discussions about the magic numbers. Getting this main event, getting this main event out of the way then. Okay. Uh, Cameron Grimes walks out. He's a loud presence. He makes himself known. Cameron Grimes, by the way, love to hate this guy. Going to the moon, taking the North American Championship to the moon, possibly, but he did do what you shouldn't do, touch the title before a ladder match. I think there's some bad news and a bad karma based on those actions of Mr. Grimes. Grimes would berate and distract Bauer more than one time through this matchup, costing Finn the match for... Actually, Finn would be cost the match by quite a few names in this wacky-ass finish. So the NWO Wolfpack would not be the only WCW reference we would see because of the cluster <clears throat> booking by the end of this one. Gargano would push Grimes off the ladder into the ring. Grimes would get mugs for his trouble. Gargano eyeing the title. Bronson Reed, the thick boy, would storm out. When all would be said and done, Bronson Reed would stand tall with the North American Championship, which unfortunately doesn't mean the greatest of things for the big Aussie, but I'm still willing to give faith that they at least know what to do with a man of his size and talents right now. Damian Priest, probably my favorite as of this point in the episode. Let's see, we're 42 minutes and 11 seconds in. As of 42 minutes and 11 seconds, Damian Priest is my pick to win the North American Championship ladder match. And by the end of this one, Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher would wipe out Balor after this continued chaos. Dream Valley Driver. One of the less, less notable... Purple Rainmaker, elbow drops, executed by VD for the 1-2-3. And VD qualifies to be the second participant in this ladder match who can become a two-time NXT North American champion. I apologize for my lack of depth in the discussion of the main events for the August 19th edition of NXT television, but let's jump into NXT TakeOver 30 predictions, shall we? Running down the card, we have NXT Championship on the line, carrying Cross, the challenger, versus Keith Lee. Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes versus Johnny Gargano versus the VD. In the latter match for the North American Championship, can history repeat itself? Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai, one of the fun matches to pronounce on the card because of the rhyming scheme. A grudge match between former NFL superstar Pat McAfee versus the former longest reigning NXT champion of all time, Adam Cole, Bebe, Finn Bauer versus Timothy Thatcher, which I think can be a successful kickoff of main card match. I think it can jump in, be the spoiler, walk to the back, tell the fellas, top that one, and call it a day. But I do think that I do think that the ladder match kicks things off. I think if we're following NXT tradition, ladder match or NXT tag team championship matches do tend to kick things off. 
And speaking of literal kicking things off, on the NXT TakeOver pre-show, we will see Legado Del Fantasma versus Brizango versus Oni Orkin and Danny Burch, the one-two punch for the number one contendership for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Who of these three teams will take on the defending champs, Imperium? And I'll kick off the predictions with the kickoff show match. As much momentum as I do think Legado Del Fantasma is having right now, and as much as I would like to see a rematch and Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch eventually become NXT Tag Team Champions, I'm going to tip my cap to Brazango in this one. I do think that Tiger Breeze and Fandango are carrying enough aggression and momentum right now where they can get a victory over Legado Del Fantasma in this triple threat match to earn themselves an NXT Tag Team Championship opportunity. I think the 2v2 possibility that would reflect the seriousness in the demeanor of Imperium taking on the antithesis of attitude in Brizango. Even though we have seen the more serious side, that's, that's another point I think would fit in. We've been, seri- we've been seeing a more serious side of Brizango lately. I think that side of them can really step up to this Matt is sacred mentality that Fabian Eichner that Marcel Bartel, Alexander Wolf, and Walter do carry with them as their mantra in Imperium. So I think that it can build for Brizango in this way. I think that retribution, believe me, I mean the verb, the uh, the act retribution, not the faction of retribution, the action, not the faction achieved in retribution for Brizango over Phantasma Cartel, and they will take on Imperium for those NXT Tag Team Championships. Finn Bauer versus Timothy Thatcher. Well, I'll be damned. Finn Bauer better win this matchup. You're not going to take him out of an NXT North American Championship opportunity, give him a solid one-on-one opponent, but then not let him beat that one-on-one opponent. Are you Triple H? Is that really going to happen, fellas? It better not. It better not. The Bauer Club is already not happy with who he was chosen. Who who was chosen over him in this North American Championship ladder match. So you bet my prediction goes to Finn Bauer winning against Timothy Thatcher in uh in this matchup. Let's uh let's go over to Twitter. Let's let's share the Twitter predictions side by side with my own. Um not many responses. Hell, uh, not many responses at all on, on this one. Unfortunately, I did post it a little bit later in the day. I have been busy with, with work, and I thank all those who did retweet it. And I give personal friend of the show, Chris Cosme. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Chris Cosme, Chris Cosmai. Oh, boy. I hate, butcher- I hate butchering people last names. Chris, do me a favor. Reach out to me later and uh, give me the phonetic spelling spelled uh spelled that for me and uh, i'll get it right next time chris is predicting only Lorcan and danny birch question mark for a tag team championship opportunity i respect the decision i'd like to see a rematch for those guys as well and he also shares my prediction with finn bauer overcoming and beating timothy thatcher 
we have Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. McAfee is going to look great. McAfee is going to leave a lot of people saying, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't think he'd pull off the match. I think Adam Cole wouldn't be doing this if he didn't really like Pat personally. I think Adam Cole having this matchup and this match being signed shows that he knows something about how hard Pat has been working that we as fans obviously don't know. We, I think our faith can be in good hands. Adam Cole can have a good match here and he can walk away with the victory. But I think Pat is going to open up a lot of eyes and we are going to feel pretty stupid for uh, for not having more faith in this matchup when it was initially announced. And I hope so. I really like being proved wrong. I like being proved wrong when it turns out in, in a positive favor. Jumping into the ladder match. Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes versus Johnny Gargano versus the VD. Well, I don't think the VD is going to win. I think uh, I think some ointment will be applied to that situation. I think if you asked me before Wednesday and this past what went down on NXT TV, I'd tell you Johnny Gargano's walking out of TakeOver 30 as a two-time North American champion, the Johnny Gargano way, by whatever it takes. But until that spot with Ridge Hollins, Damian Priest has looked hot, guys. No uh, no objectifying comments, pun intended, but the man's been hot. He's been on fire. He's a New York City native. He's got a lot going for him in his moveset. I'm a big fan of what Damian Priest brings to the table, and if I could bring a little bit of bias outside of being a major Johnny Gargano fan bias, my vote goes towards Damian Priest. I think the archer of infamy is going to shoot his shot. I think the arrow is going to hit the bullseye. I think all of that confidence is going to carry him towards an NXT North American Championship reign. Chris is battling. He's holding on to Johnny Gargano. And he's also picking Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee, which I don't know anybody picking Pat McAfee, to be honest with you. But I really hope everybody's on the same page that McAfee will pull off a good matchup. And we're going to have a lot of fun this coming Saturday. Women's action... Women's action that I wish was accompanied by more women's action. I wish we were getting Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez, but we're not. We're getting Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai. I hope these two women get some time. And I hope the Io Shirai title reign does not come to an end soon because I don't think there's enough for her to do on the women's roster right now on Raw or SmackDown. I think that Io Shirai's Championship reign should be almost on par with the Shayna Baszler, especially with these parallels being drawn through this particular story that by the end of this matchup, Dakota Kai will fear Io Shirai just as Kai has feared Shayna Baszler in the past. So Io Shirai successfully retaining her NXT Women's Championship is my prediction and it's also Chris's prediction. So we have, and still, NXT Women's Champion for Io Shirai. Karrion Cross walking in as challenger. Will Keith Lee fall and pray? 
Will the apocalypse strike that final hour on Keith Lee's NXT Championship reign? I don't believe so. I think the Limitless One needs to surpass his limits, if any. I think that Keith Lee being blinded by a fireball in this matchup, prior to this matchup, is... uh, is pretty damn is pretty damn intriguing, but I don't think it's going to cost him the match. I think Keith Lee is going to hold on to his title reign, but I also think there's potential for a wacky finish here. I think that something can go wrong, and I think a major hint here is: is this match going to main event, or is Adam Cole and McAfee going to main event? I think match placement for the NXT Championship is very important. Team NXT, I'm obviously discussing it last because more times than not, except unfortunately with Aleister Black's title reign, the NXT Championship match does main event. So I'm discussing it last. But if this match is in the middle of the card, expect something to maybe go a little bit awry. For Keith Lee to maybe take things a little bit too far. For Karrion Cross to maybe get himself disqualified in a, I just want to cause harm to the champion this time. I want to take the title from him next time. Do we see Tommaso Ciampa finally freaking return? If I could just drop a side note in there. If you want to hear a, what I consider quality rants about the lack of daddy being at home. Go back to episode 113. I think there's... I think it's an open landscape or Keith Lee does successfully retain, but Karrion Cross looks good in a loss. I think Cross is a main eventer on NXT. I don't think he's a champion yet. I think Scarlet is the draw of these two people. I think Scarlet is the star. I think Karrion Cross needs to look like a star a little bit more in this couplet before he's NXT champion. I think Keith Lee's title reign deserves more than just one defense. I think Keith Lee is successful at NXT TakeOver 30. Summing them up, Brizango, Finn Bauer, Adam Cole, Bebe, Io Shirai, Damian Priest as your new North American champion, or Johnny Gargano as a two-time North American champion. The faith is there, and Keith Lee will be successful in the North American in his NXT championship reign, but it is very, very dependent on where the match is placed on the card. Please, guys, it is not too late. Team NXT, reach out to me. Give me your predictions at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. Don't just discuss predictions with me. I'm gonna be talking about takeover. I'm gonna be talking about AEW Dynamite that I'm discussing after takeover. Maybe right before SummerSlam on Sunday. I'm watching it all this weekend. I really hope you are. Please reach out to me. Give me all of your wrestling discussion at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. Trying to get my verification back. Have a couple uh, couple new devices and I hate when that happens. Um, I don't have my Facebook linked up in case anybody's wondering. But give me a follow over there as well. Um, 
Give me a like on the Facebook page. Going to try and start being a little bit more proactive on there to make up for the lack of Instagram posts. And of course, thank you, thank you, thank you. I could sit here and say it 30 times. Thank you so much for listening. No matter where or how you're listening, why you're listening, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, if that's still a thing, 99.9% sure it's not, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, my personal platform of choice, wherever you're getting your favorite podcasts, or if you're getting them by my tweets, you're listening to them on the the SoundCloud page. I'm CD, Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion, the man with a PhD in NXT discussion. You're listening to episode 114 the last stop on the road to NXT TakeOver 30. On the UFP show, all about the NXT show, the Undisputed Future Podcast. Thank you so very much. Enjoy your wrestling weekend. And stay safe out there, everybody. Everybody.